Hello and welcome to the Secure Chat Podcast, presented by Archon. This is a whole new security podcast geared towards you, our trusted clients. Each episode, our security experts will explore pressing security news, from the latest malware threat to user errors and top risk management solutions. Tune in each month to learn more about data breaches, what they mean for your business, and how you can optimize your security strategy. I want security. Hey everyone, welcome back for episode two of the month of May's Secure Chat podcast. Uh, I'm joined here by Daisy today. Uh, Daisy was on our last podcast about women in tech, but Daisy, how are you doing today? I am doing very well. How are you, Corey? I'm doing well. So for the second episode of this month, we want to talk about uh, just like recent security breaches we've seen, kind of go into the details of them and break down what happened and kind of what has been the fallout since then. Um, so I do know that one one breach that's been hot in the news is the Colonial Pipeline that went down. Um, Daisy, have you been reading up on the Colonial Pipeline at all? Yeah, I read a little bit of it. Um, there was um, they paid them in Bitcoin, right? They actually yeah. paid the ransom, and so everyone's just freaking out about it. But yeah, yeah, <laughs> ransomware. It's so, it's crazy. Like a lot of people aren't prepared for something like ransomware to happen yeah. to their environment. So if they get it. Um, Sometimes it's just easier to pay four to five million dollars than try to go through. Yeah, but you everything. never know if they're actually going to give it to you. And that, yeah, and that was the case here too. I remember when it was still active, they were like they paid the ransom, and then they were like, "Well, I hope they actually give it to us because you never know." Yeah, you get stuck in a situation where like you don't have any reason to trust these people because they've taken so much away from you. But like you have to trust them. You're just at the mercy of them. That's what's so interesting, kind of about these situations but to start off like base level with the colonial pipeline what happened was uh, a hacker group called dark side um went infiltrated some of the colonial pipeline servers to uh just scrape information put ransomware on the server um colonial pipeline had no idea that it happened until it, it was too far gone to where they had ransomware all the information was taken and then they were stuck in a situation where they didn't really know what to do. So I think like one interesting thing that a lot of people don't know about this is that the, the hacker group didn't shut down Colonial Pipeline. The company Colonial shut down the pipeline because they didn't know how much information the hackers got from them. So there was like a couple week period where they had to just assess like everything that happened in their environment, what was actually taken from them. And then as a precaution, they set down the pipeline because they didn't know if the hacker group took uh, information that would give them the ability to, to actually be able to control the pipeline itself. So it ended up being a major mess. Like it shut it. it uh, gas prices were rising for all of the East Coast. There's like a gas shortage. I'm sure you've seen all like the videos on Twitter of stuff of people doing ridiculous stuff to fill up gas. <laughs> yeah, filling up uh, bags of gas. Yeah, that's really safe. I saw a car. I think it got blown up. Because of that, yeah. Oh, that's so unfortunate. Dark, <laughs> that's so it's like a series of events of this. Yeah, so Darkseid was actually like releasing uh, posts about what was going on when it happened. And one, like one post that made me laugh is, I forgot like word for word what it said, but it was basically like, this escalated quickly. Like we did not know that the whole pipeline was going to get shut down when we did this, but it probably got them a little bit more money when they actually went and paid the ransom. Yeah, so from experience, ransomware is no fun at all. Daisy, have you had any experience working in like ransomware situations? Yeah, I've had a couple. Um, as a service desk role, 
Um, a lot of it is just contacting users, letting them know what's going on, you know, switching passwords here and there. Um, when an attack like this does happen, it's a like full group operation. You know, we're talking like systems, security, you know, DevOps, service desk, everyone involved into this because it, it has to get resolved as soon as possible. Things need to get secured. And so it's like a group effort. Everyone has to tackle one one thing. Yeah, it's definitely an all hands on deck situation. And the interesting part about ransomware situations is that you have various different people doing roles, but every role is like just important as the other role. So you'll have like a systems team that is restoring a server from the back from a backup. That way a company doesn't lose information, but they're able to use a server that doesn't have any malware or ransomware on it. But then to like a service test perspective that Daisy was talking about where she's resetting passwords, that's also a very important step in like the whole scheme of ransomware because if someone puts ransomware on your server or grabs data from your server and they have the passwords to all your users, it doesn't matter if you back up or if you restore servers from a backup properly. If hackers have all the passwords needed to get into that server, then that's just going to happen again. So it truly is like a group effort where everyone has to work together, all hands on deck, and just get it figured out as quickly as possible. Mm -hmm. And that's what was so interesting with Colonial is they didn't really have uh, the proper tools and the proper people staff to be able to like take this head on so they had to shut everything down for it was like two to three weeks the pipeline was shut down right yeah and they also said that apparently the person that found out that this was happening they found out earlier on but didn't say anything until it got to like a certain point oh that's um and yeah (laughs) so like you know if you see something say something basically yeah and that's what we preach on this podcast when it comes to like it breaches the quicker you can let it know what's happening or if you're in it and you see it happening like sound the alarm the quicker you can talk about it the quicker everyone can get together and just fix the problem so what we've seen from colonial was a pretty like bad way to handle ransomware as a whole and as a result how how much did they end up paying to get their data back it's about like four to five million but Darkside did get about 90 million in bitcoin uh from 47 victims in the past nine months so you know yeah. decent amount seems like a pretty profitable business and that's what's so <laughs> interesting about it is like so what so Darkside is the ha- hacker group that carried out the colonial pipeline hacking but what dark side is is it's called ransomware as a service which is on the dark web and basically it's like a portal that you can sign into and they're able to give you kind of leads of companies that might have breaches and on top of just kind of like that information sharing they provide you an environment where you can actually build uh, ransomware packages to deploy out so it's just like a community of people that are trying to illegally make money off of hacking companies are coming together and just like putting their brains together. And I think that's super interesting. And when you go into the, even like the payment structure of how these people get paid out. So A, you have to like put in a formal application to even get on this website. And there is like a review process to it. And once you get through the review process, then you're given credentials to use this. And once you get those credentials, then the payment structure of it was like any hacking that was uh, that made under five hundred thousand uh, dollars, the the person that created the package got like twenty five percent of the cut, and then anything that was over five hundred thousand dollars, the hacker got like ten percent of the cut. So Darkside is able to make like a lot of money off of these people that are using their platform. So it's super interesting that they're able to make like 
90 million in nine months. Oh my gosh, yeah. So, yeah, so not only are they able to, or have they been able to make a bunch of money over the past nine months, but then the fallout of the situation is also pretty interesting as well because uh, Darkseid has gone like completely offline. So they shut down all their servers. They shut down like any, they stopped posting blogs. They've shut down basically any trace of them and have fallen off the map. And there's speculation as to like, why they could be doing that. So the first one would be that the Biden, the Biden administration um, was like affected by what was going on. And now they're pursuing them like really hard to try to shut them down for good or make people answer for like the disruption that's been happening over the past month. And then the other theory is that they owed money to other people and they were able to make enough money off of it that they basically were just like, we're done. And they took the money, didn't distribute it to the other people they owed, and they've just kind of moved on with life. So from start to finish, this has been uh, like a super interesting uh, hacking event just because of how many people it affected that like you don't really think a, a server getting ransomware in like the South would cause someone's ability in New York to get gas. So I think that part of it is super interesting as well. So there was a lot of disruption that was caused from the colonial pipeline hacking, whether it was the company itself having to pay out $5 million or people along the East Coast having trouble getting gas or dealing with inflated gas prices. There was a massive ripple effect to this one. And again, what's interesting about it is how preventable it is. So simple things like, well, the simplest thing is when you hear something or when you see something, say something about it. Like, People did not say anything about this until it was bad. The other being like keep proper backups on your server. That way, uh, if a server does get ransomware, you're able to restore a server off a backup and you're up and running. Uh, it, it saves a lot of money. It also saves a lot of time. Um, also, then having things like what Archon offers, Rapid7, having things like that in place where it gives you a real-time view of what is going on and you're able to kind of put events together to tell a story as it's happening. Um, putting things like that in place will be able to make you react properly to an event like this. You will not lose as much money, if any money at all, and you will be up and working in, in no time. But Daisy, as someone that has kind of worked with Rapid7 on the service desk, like operations side, what have you seen out of Rapid7 since you started working with it? A really good thing that Rapid7 does is it sends out um, emails to clients and to us, letting us know um, if certain suspicious behavior occurs, uh, like someone changed someone's uh, password on the domain controller, um, you know, there's someone's running certain uh, commands on a computer and a server or wherever. And, you know, this is on end user computers as well. So it gives us all that information um, as well as, you know, if for some reason, like a hacker is trying to delete its traces, its logs, uh, Rapid7 is able to keep track of those and it takes them and stores them off, you know, the computer. So then we can go ahead and review it. We can check where um, there are vulnerabilities basically on devices. So it's a very, very, very good tool. You can always look back at the logs, take a look at when things happened, who did it, everything. Yeah, that's actually a really good point. So not only do you get to see what's happening in real time, because they're going to send emails out like alerting people of what happened, but since everything is running through like a SIM collector, that is going to keep the logs integrity that even if 
a hacker gets into a server and deletes all of their traces, that there was essentially a se separate server that was backing up all those logs. So even after an event occurs, you're able to go back and you're able to see like that fish eye view and get a true story of, of what happened. Um, so they're very like useful tools that will help every IT department. And when you get into a situation with ransomware, like it's always going to be a headache, but tools like this limit how long that headache lasts and how big the ripple effects of the event are. So it's very important to make sure that you just know what's going on in your environment. And the Colonial Pipeline was a perfect example that if they would have tools like this in place, uh, that it would not have spread into such a large event. So I think that's why even security in the IT industry is becoming like the number one thing that people are looking at. You're seeing a bunch of like new jobs created around those roles, new products created around those events. Um, and it's something that's just going to continue to grow in the future. Yeah, people need to invest more in security. I mean, you can already see, you know, 90 million from this dark side. I mean, yeah. it's it's a crazy the amount of money that they can get when they if they just invested that money in the correct avenues. Um, you know, we wouldn't have to be dealing with this. Yeah, it definitely does not cost cost four to five million dollars to have rapid seven in place. So <laughs> for sure, you want to make sure you have the tools in place that can prevent like anything bad from happening in the future. Um, but, I mean, I think that's all I have for the Colonial Pipeline, Daisy. Do you have anything to add on, on what we just talked about? Uh, no, I think, I'm, I think I'm good. Awesome. Well, Daisy, I appreciate you coming on and being on a second episode with me. I'm glad we didn't scare you away on the first episode. Uh, thanks for having me. <laughs> yeah, of course. But that's going to wrap up episode two about uh, just kind of breaches that have been happening uh, in day-to-day -day life lately. Um, we love talking about these things because... A, they're never going to stop, but B, there's always new tools being developed that are going to help you uh, kind of combat that. So it's all just kind of an interesting cat and mouse game that's only going to continue. So we, as always, we really appreciate you guys listening, um, and we'd love to have you come back in June where we'll be talking more about some of these topics. Also, if you want to learn more about what you heard or you want to reach out to any of us, feel free to visit our website or go to any of our social media platforms where you can reach out. Awesome. Thank you, guys.